Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Don Anelli, and with me tonight for what will unfortunately be our season two finale, I have one of my oldest friends in podcasting, a guy I could never say no to. Please welcome Derek Bourgeois. Yes, yes, Don. Even though there was that one time I made you watch the movie Things <laughs> and it nearly killed you. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I just had to record with you again, and I got over it, so. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, welcome back again, and uh, yeah, this is going to be the season two finale, so we will be back with a new round of episodes next year for season three, but uh, for season two, we're going to end on a fun one, because we're going to be talking our favorite 1960s movie posters. So not the movies, but the posters itself. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, you know, when I thought of the, uh, you know, I was like, you know, it could be shitty movies, too, that we could generally be doing, but the poster arts are fucking awesome. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> even if one of us doesn't like one of the other movies on the list, we're like, hey, the poster art's pretty cool. Exactly, yeah. That um, That's kind of the way I am, because there's a couple of films on here that I, I don't really like, but I, I think the poster looks really cool. So, yeah, um, I mean, that was kind of the way I did, where I kind of prioritized the, the poster for it, and I never really took the movie into consideration. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you did it, but, um, yeah, mine was, I basically just like the, the overall look of the the images that were created, not the, uh, the, the movie that they're attached to. Yeah. Mine, mine's a little bit of a mix of both, but, you know, I picked a few favorite ones, you know, we might be have like a controversial number three, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, like I like a lot of like different types of like, even like country poster arts are not even like us, and shit and you know like japan like they have like this weird like style where they have like images from the film right on the poster with like all that weird japanese writing on it that i'm very excited to talk about a few of those on my list and you know it's like some you know you know like simple ones too like you know one of them like one of them in my like top six you know it's like fucking typical like 60s bitch boy poster <laughs> but you know but overall you know it's just like the visuals that incorporate it with the film that i really stuck with and like some ones that strike me like oh i would want to go see this in 1960 or whatever year yeah that was the way i did was i i really looked at the poster what was created um most of mine are um or animated versions um so um i i don't really have a, a i don't have a, like a lot of drawing ones so to say um those are on my honorable mentions actually uh some of those are um the what you were saying like the the images from the movie posters where it's not like the drawings the the drawings are the ones that are the are the ones that made my list so uh, mine are animated but uh yeah, it basically was like, okay, this is going to make me go see the film. This is going to, you know, draw me in and intrigue me for uh, what we're about to watch. And uh, bonus points if I actually have seen the movie and it's uh, really good. So the the top half is kind of littered with favorites. But um, overall, yeah, I, I got a pretty um, 
I, I can't say varied, but um, I, I got a pretty interesting group. Um, the ones that we selected here. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you know the drill. Do you have any preference for who goes first or? No, you can choose who, who you want to go first, bud. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'll take the lead on this one. So uh, my number 10, uh, I went with uh, a film I'm not very fond of, but uh, it's still pretty enjoyable for what it is. I went with uh, 1963's uh, The Ghost by uh, Ricardo Freda, Mm -hmm. and I chose the original Italian version, the uh, Los Petro version, that has the uh, green-faced ghost in the background with uh, Barbara Steele holding um, some husband hostage. Um, I'll save that for spoilers for uh, those of you that want to see the film. But um, yeah, this is uh, the original Italian version. Um, Although, of course, I should also mention that uh, the posters we selected were the original versions. We're not going with, uh, you know, fan art for um, re-releases. We're not going for, um, you know, artwork on uh, physical media releases. We're going with the original theatrical versions. so yeah, I went with the um, the green face version that has the uh, guy in the background, and uh, you know it's got like a pink kind of purple um, color palette over him, and uh, you see uh, Barbara Steele holding uh, some guy at knife point, which uh, like I said, will uh, save that um, revelation for those that want to spoil it, for those that want to see it. But I, I really like this image. Uh, it kind of has this uh, you know foreboding mystery over. Um, who the guy is, what he's doing. You have this, uh, you know, central angle with, uh, you know, what the guy's uh, done to deserve the action that Barbara's, gonna, you know, about to inflict on him. And knowing the film and knowing what plays out, uh, it, it is kind of uh, intriguing how it all plays out. Uh, you know, you've got like this 40s film noir kind of tone to it that kind of looks really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of really like it. It's, you know, like I said, it's not one of my favorite films from this time period. But uh, in terms of what the poster kind of displays, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. And uh, I, I find it really interesting. And, yeah, you know, the the dominant uh, green face guy that uh, you, you know, like I said, well, you'll know more about it when you see the film. He kind of has this look to him that kind of draws you in and it kind of is like, ooh, what's he going to be about? And. I uh, I kind of like the way it does that. So uh, number ten for me is uh, the ghost. Nice, nice. Uh, I actually never seen that one. You know, it's you know because I'm you know usually with like Italian movies, I'm just waiting for them just to come on, on Blu-ray now. And you know, the ghost has like yeah. the shitty cheesy flicks fucking DVD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which doesn't yeah. help with the quality of the movie either. You know. Exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> Especially like if you're watching some like old VH at rip for for the first time, you're probably like, "Fuck this!" Right? Yeah. Um, I think I saw it maybe 2018 or 2019 for Italian Horror Month back then. Um, like maybe if I saw a better version, I'd probably think higher of it. But uh, you'd pay more attention to it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, back then, you know, I was. I mean, I was already an Italian horror fan, but I mean, that was kind of like I was watching it just because back then. So, yeah, it was uh, I, I first saw it like during, you know, 2018 or 2019. So it, it was still fairly new into like what that whole journey was. But yeah, yeah um, not, like I said, I, I, I'm 
I would I would mind revisiting it just to see like a better version of it because it, it's not bad for what it is, but uh, yeah, it's not really like my favorite from like the like those Hitchcockian thriller types that they did. Um, I yeah. really like their gothic horror um, versions better. But um, yeah, uh, number ten for me is the ghost. Nice. Yeah, number ten for me is a uh, one from 1963, and that is Roger Corman's The Haunted Palace. Uh, you know, I could have went with like any of the fucking Corman Price fucking posters, but you know, one of this one that always intrigues me is like the yellow background of it, with, like the the house in the background, and you know, <laughs> it's totally like a trying to rip off on like the the Poe adaptations, even though it's not really a Poe adaptation, <laughs> it's a H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. But you know, I just like like the simple like like doom yellow that's in the background of this movie like you're in for a ride and i actually do enjoy the movie too it's actually one of like it's kind of iconic because it's like one of the first lovecraft adaptations even though they wasn't sold as a lovecraft and you know there's a lot of like fucking shit in there with lovecraft in it and you know i dig that aspect about it plus it has lon cheney jr in it and he's fucking great in it <laughs> he's fucking awesome in it but uh yeah, it just strikes me with, like, the red letter into, like, the Haunted Palace. You know, I would go see this in fucking theaters if I saw that poster on it. You know, you know, big, like, Vincent Price, Haunted Palace. I'm like, yeah, I'd go see that shit with doom, gloom, yellow. <laughs> yeah, that one I will uh, talk about later because that one made my list as well. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, um... <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, if you're done with that, um, I mean, like I said, I'll talk about my thoughts on that poster when I get to it. But, uh, yeah, um, number nine for me, uh, another one that where I'm not a huge, huge, huge fan of the film, but I really like the poster art for this one. I went with 1961's The Curse of the Werewolf. Oh. And, uh, yeah, it's the uh, animated version with the uh, wolf holding the uh, girl over the... Um, you know, he's holding the girl with the mountains in the background and the villagers uh, up in arms raising pitchforks below him. I, I, I really just, I love this image. I think it's, you know, that old gothic horror kind of trope about, you know, the, the werewolf, you know, troubled by the villagers and everybody's trying to catch him. And, you know, they've got the pitchforks and the torches and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's running through the background. You've got the fogging wolf, you know, the fog night in the background, the full moon, you know. Yeah, it just really just intrigues me about what's going to happen here. It's like the, you know, it's preparing me for this gothic horror showdown. And it, it, the film's not bad. I mean, it could, you know, use a you know shot of adrenaline or two. But I, I'm really intrigued by what's going on in the film. And, uh, yeah, the, this poster writer is really selling me on the film big time. So uh, I went with uh, Curse of the Werewolf at uh, number nine. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that. Yeah, it's definitely like a... I can actually see a remake of that to actually build on that a little bit more. Maybe show yeah. like more of him like growing up and shit, and you know maybe having some more wolf tendencies in like teenage years. Right. It's just yeah. Chuck, he's like a full grown man. I'm ready, Papa. <laughs> you know, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and plus there's really you know werewolf in it till the very end, and that kind of right, yeah. But but you know, I I get what they were trying to do with that movie too. But yeah, to each their own, you know. But right now. 
It has some good like visual shots in it. I'll give it that. Yeah, like it's not bad. I mean, it's not like my favorite adaptation of the genre. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, when you know, like the purpose of this is like you know how well the poster kind of sells you into wanting to watch the movie, and that's kind of what this does. So. Hell yeah. So speaking of which, my number nine is the original Japanese poster for Une Baba from 1964. Ooh, Une Baba. Now this is a very interesting like movie. It's like kind of like early Japanese folk horror, you know, with the sudden stuff and like the folklore that it tells about the tale of Une Baba within its story, which I find interesting. And you know, it's shot in black and white and. It's kind of like this dread gray color of the movie. And I like that they incorporated that within the poster because they use visual like images from it. Like the shot of like the woman's close-up of her eyes. And you see like somebody being carried off like half dead or something. And you see like the famous mask figure, which usually is on every like Blu-ray cover art of this movie. In the background, it's not even like full and center. It's like in the background of like flames and stuff and you know i just like that it's like this doom gray color you know it could be the most colorful poster in the world and you know i I dig that stuff but i like how they kind of all incorporate like the dread feel of the movie within the poster art of this poster and you know it has like that kick-ass like japanese font <laughs> that's on every one of these it's pretty awesome i really dig it nice um yeah uh, Onibaba was one that was on my short list for a while. Um, I don't know if it was that poster, but I think I had the one with just the mask on it. Yeah. Um, cause I know that that one's just a little bit more iconic, but uh, yeah, it's a really fun one. I really like the, um, like I said, if it's the one I'm thinking of, um, yeah, it's a really good one. I mean, for me, I was looking at more of the, uh, the poster with the mask, but I, I did see the, uh, the one I think you're talking about and it, it looks really cool. It's got that, you know, uh, it has like that rural kind of setting where, you know, like the film takes place and you've got all the, you know, the various characters lined up on the side of it, like a lot of the posters do. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. I kind of like it. Nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, for me, um, we'll go to my number eight. And uh, yeah, this is one of my all time favorites. Uh I, the poster's not really um, as, as strong as the film is, but I still really like what it does with it. Um, I went with the Gorgon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, the the one that has all of the uh, the various faces and terrors kind of just like screaming at it. Well, you have the uh, you know the the, t- the titular Gorgon front and center with the snakes. With the smiling. yellow background. Right. Yeah. The one that's. Uh, the Gorgon petrifies the screen with horror and uh, yeah, she had a yeah. face only a mummy could love. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks a little busy for my taste, but uh, I still really like a lot of what it does. Uh, you got a lot of the key moments recreated in the film. You've got, you know, this bizarre figure that you're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I really just like it. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a little bit busy for my taste, but I, I still really, you know, am intrigued by what's going on. And, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of the big centerpiece sequences in here. So, yeah. Um, like I said, another one that kind of draws me in. But uh, for what's going on, I I, I really like this one. And uh, I went with uh, the Gorgon, number eight. Nice. My number eight, of course, is Village of the Dam 
1960. Uh, you know, just the classic poster. I right, like the kids' faces on it, and they're like blue, like kind of like bluish tins to them, with like Village of the Dam and like green. I think it's green, mm-hmm. and it's pretty like iconic with that sense where you know you're like just just looking at it and you're like, okay, this is about evil kids. I'm gonna go see this now. And I'm going to find out what's going on. And, you know, uh, yeah, I dig Village of the Dam. You know, it's a little dated. uh, But, you know, it's still kind of fun for the, you know, atmosphere of the movie. And, you know, it's kind of cool still. But, you know, there's been a lot of interest in killer evil kid movies out there. (laughs) But, you know, it's iconic still for the time period. You know, it it screams like, because it came out of, like, the grass. It feels like kind of a 50s poster too in the sense where you know it, it's kind of like busy with the wording and stuff because it's like on that cusp between like the 60s and the 50s because it's right in 1960 yeah so I, I dig it for that aspect too nice yeah if, uh, we were doing uh 15 this is number 11 um it was my last honorable mention so yeah i'm really glad you like this one too uh, it didn't quite make it, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I, re- I really like the, you know, it, it feels, you know, odd saying this, but it, that, like you were saying, that 50s retro throwback feel to it, you know, kind of feels more like a drive-in film than like a, anything else with the way that the kids are aligned on there. So, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, my top honorable mention. So, yeah, you took one of mine. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So I'll move to number seven. And uh, I I really wanted to, uh, you know, include one of uh, my favorite Amicus ones in here. And uh, I feel it's uh, time to bust out one of my favorite uh, anthologies of all time. I went with Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Yeah. Um, Like I said, uh, really hard for me to leave off Amicus in this because they had some good ones. uh, to give another uh, honorable mention away, uh, the Torture Garden one is fantastic. I absolutely love that one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Dr. Terrors for me is uh, the one that I, I I decided to use. Just uh, the the shot of Vincent of uh, Peter Cushing, you know, with the tarot cards in front of him. The you know the you get like various little hints about you know each of the stories uh, off to the side. You know, with the hand, the cat, the you know the bat and the cobwebs and you know you've got the mask from the one segment you know they're all mm-hmm. standing around him and you're it kind of like you you see like you know you never you you know he's up to no good but you don't know what kind of good he's up to and you, you know you've got like the hints of the various stories intertwined so you don't quite know what each of them mean so you, you know it kind of just like draws you in plus you've got that green and yellow mustard kind of you know, tone to everything with the color, with the writing and the splashes in the background. So yeah, I, I really like it, and it kind of just like draws you in and makes you want to watch it. And I mean, again, it's you know one of the Amicus's best, so kind of hard to leave this one off. So uh, number seven for me is Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Nice. Yeah, I dig that movie a lot. And yeah, like every cover art of that or poster art of that movie is fucking cool. Like even like the skull images on some of them and shit oh yeah i i was considering that one but i didn't know if those were official or not i didn't know i yeah that, that was one you of the things know. yeah that was the one thing i was like i i don't know if these are like a f- original releases or if those were um 
fan arts like, or fan arts or something like that. So yeah, that, I was kind of worried about that one. So I, I saw this one associated with it the most. So I figured that one was the the original release, and that was kind of the one I went with. So yeah, but sweet. yeah, no, I I, I do like because I was scrolling through and I do like I was scrolling through like IMDb to like check the artwork and yeah, the, a lot of the ones that popped up in there look really cool. So. Yeah, it's another real reason to like this one is that it uh, it has a lot of art associated with it, from, you know, official or fan made or, you know, physical media releases, whatever. But yeah, great artwork for a great movie, I say. Hell yeah. Speaking of great movies, uh, let's talk. Uh, actually, we just talked about this. My number seven is The Gorgon. <laughs> So you know, you know, you describe the artwork so great. I like like the yellow background of it. Yeah, it kind of helps the images. You know, the busy images pop a little bit more. That kind of helps it for me. Ah, okay, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's just cool. I I dig it a lot. And, you know, I like the movie. I like when fucking Count Dooku fucking <laughs> cuts the Gorgon's head off. <laughs> yeah, I know it's. Like I said, it's just so weird to see him as the good guy, but yeah, it, 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 Gorgon is just amazing. I, I love that movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> but nice, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know what you're talking about because I know that, you know, it, it does, you know, make everything just look visually striking, but yeah, that, that's a great choice, you know. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. So uh, move to number six. And uh, ironic that you say, Peter. Uh, Peter, um, Christopher Lee, uh, talking about him as a good guy. Uh, my next one is uh, Christopher Lee is a good guy. I went with uh, The Devil Rides Out. Yeah, he is the good guy in that. I forget yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is the uh, the long-form one with uh, Satan riding the uh, winged horse while everybody's panicking in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a little simplified one, and it looks really cheesy and corny, but God, I want to see what this thing looks like. I mean, I kind of want to see Satan riding around on the swing and horse, slashing people to pieces and how they're going to stop it. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, that just looks so intriguing. And I'm really curious as to what kind of a movie it is. So. That if I was to probably be honest, put it a little bit lower, like towards the back end, maybe just because it looks kind of cheesy and corny compared to like the other stuff. But I mean, in terms of making me want to see the movie, I'm kind of intrigued just really looking at this one. So, yeah. Uh, Number six for me is uh, The Devil Rides Out. Devil Rides Out again. (laughs) (laughs) I actually haven't seen that movie yet. It's been on my short list of. Hammer movies, you know, I actually uh, it's on my wish list. Let's just put it that way. Some of those yeah. new Hammer Blu-rays are kind of expensive. Oh God, I hate that they those things are so so pricey. I mean, I can't even afford those things on a Black Friday sale. Yeah, the Black Friday sale is like a regular like Amazon price. <laughs> I know. But anyways. My number six is The Haunting from 1963. Uh, you know, usually, usually, like, the first, like, image that, you know, I think about The Haunting is, like, the actual, like, DVD or Blu-ray cover art with the blue. And, you know, the the, the original poster art is actually very similar. It's all in white, though, with The Haunting in green lettering, coloring. 
with like a green, you know, like the same face as the woman, like ah, in green, which mm-hmm. I kind of find interesting that they use. You know, it's kind of eerie in its own sense because it's like it throws you off because you're like because these two colors shouldn't go together for this movie, but they're kind of going together for the poster art. It's kind of like it makes it like if you walk by it, like it makes you like turn to look at it. You know, like the fuck is this? You know, The Haunted's a very interesting movie. It's one that I love when I first seen. And, you know, it's kind of grown on me over the years. You know, I kind of like some of the, hey, it has Richard Johnson from fucking Zombie in it. You can't hate <laughs> it too much, you know. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, no. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cool poster art for a, kind of a movie that I had a, like a love-hate relationship for a long time. And, you know, it's kind of because I saw the remake first, and you know I was a teenager, and that came out. I'm like, this is cool. Oh, Wilson. I know. I I liked it when I first saw it in theaters too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I was. I missed those days of just being a stupid teenager, not knowing any better. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, the haunting. It's a good one. Um, it was one that I was looking at, but then it kind of just like was starting. so yeah um i mean if you've noticed where mine are um mine are like a little bit more visually striking so it kind of just slipped down the list because of that but uh yeah it's it's still a decent one um i mean if we were doing like a 20 maybe it would be on there but uh yeah it it, it's it's kind of hard to explain but uh yeah it's not one of my favorites but i i do really like it so yeah yeah, so uh, top fives. move to the top five, and uh, these are the ones that I'm really excited about because these are probably some of my all-time favorites from this period, and uh, the fact that they've got great artwork to go along with it, I'm really kind of uh, impressed by. And uh, number five for me is Black Sabbath, and uh, I have the iconic headless vampire on horseback terrorizing the family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, just such an amazing image. Uh, the fact that you're bringing Karloff right in there with uh, him right next to the name, you know, you're associating him immediately. And uh, I mean, it's Karloff. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, bringing you immediately into the film just based on that factor alone. But yeah, on top of that, you know, you've got this uh, striking image. I mean, you don't know it's an anthology, which I'm kind of really impressed by because you don't really see, you know, it's not advertised as such. So you don't mm-hmm. really, you know, you're kind of, it's like, you know, that factor is kind of just like this, like cool little tidbit that you know when you, you know, you actually see it. So it's kind of like a shock that it is. But yeah, the the image looks great. You know, you're hyping up the best story in the film, you know, the Karloff segment, you know, you've got the family being terrorized you know you've got the headless you know thing on horseback so it kind of like has like a sleepy hollow vibe yeah and yeah it, it's just all over the place it, it it it's just amazing and yeah you know black sabbath is just an amazing film whichever version you watch so yeah uh for me number honestly i haven't seen the italian version that much i've only seen it maybe once or twice i'm oddly more familiar with the american version 
which is fine, but I, I think I remember liking the Italian version more, just because I think the setup is a little bit better. Yeah. Because the, the the setup in the American version is designed more for like a popcorn thing, because it just kind of it it feels a little weird just the way that it's structured, where you know you have the the you have this really terrifying segment first, and then it kind of lulls you down in the middle, and then you know you have the big long you know sequence at the end. Whereas, you know, the Italian version, you know, you have like the simple story with the lesbians in the beginning, then you get this big, long vampire story, and then you end this, on this terrifying ghost movie. I, I really like the way that that one moves, but it's just weird that I've only seen it maybe once or twice, so I'm not that familiar with, I, I'm not as familiar with it as I am the American version. Yeah, it's just weird that they fucking, you know, the thing that threw me off of the Italian version is just seeing Boris Karloff not... Because it's totally not him speaking Italian. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, Christopher Lee with all of his old films where he's dubbing himself. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I want to hear Karloff, not this guy. Yeah, and plus the uh, the American version, I mean, good God, fire your music or fire that guy that scored. The, oh. Yeah, the musical score of the American version is just awful. But yeah, I, I think just because I'm a little bit more familiar with it, I've seen it more often. Um, that that's just the one that I I know a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm familiar with all the edits that were done to it and all the changes that were made, but it's just I I haven't seen it as often as the uh, the Italian version. So. No, I get you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still one of the you know, it's still one of my all-time favorites. So. Yeah, we'll go with uh, Black Sabbath at number five. Yeah. My number five is a directorial debut by Curtis Harrington, and that's 1961's Night Tide. Nice. Dude, this poster uh, just draws you in. Like, like, because it's on every fucking release, too. It's fucking awesome with, like, a ghoulish girl going into the water. And, you know, it has, like, blush, like, blues and purples in it. And, like, girls, like, pale white, which kind of gives away, like, some of, like, the imagery of the movie. And, you know, it's, you know, I just love this artwork. It's so fucking iconic. And, you know, you know, it's just, like, fucking awesome. It's just, like, I just love, like, this. it just draws you in. It's like, oh, it's a tale about a girl at the ocean, (laughs) you know, you know. Good stuff. Nice. That's another honorable mention of mine. Yeah, I really like what that what they do with that. And yeah, the, I, I do give bonus points because it is um, a repeated image. It's not one that's just kind of on the original version and then they kind of just like leave it alone. It's one that's kind of like been replicated because it's like, you know, they, it's like the two of them together where, you know, I mean, that's I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know, but yeah, it's another one I really like. It's another honorable mention of mine. So. <laughs> Plus, it has Dennis Hopper in it, which makes it awesome. Oh, true. Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. That uh, I don't know. If, was this his uh, debut, or did he do? I, I think it's like one of the first ones he did. If it wasn't his, if it wasn't his actual first one, it was one of his first ones, right? Yeah, I'm, I think it's like one. Of, it, it might be because I'm not sure when like like Revolu Without a Cause and shit came out. I think it came around the yeah. same time, you know, but yeah, this is one of like his early performances. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I know it's one of, if it's not his first, it's one of, so. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah. Um, move on to number four, and uh, we're where you've mentioned. We're at the Haunted Palace, and uh, I, I mean, this thing just looks amazing. Uh, I, I I love like the multi-tiered like stairway to hell thing that they have. Yeah. They have, like you know Price and Cheney off to the side looking ominous. And I don't know what the hell they're doing on the bottom with that girl, but color me intrigued. Um, <laughs> and then you know, like the tagline, what was the hideous thing in the pit that came to horror to honor her? Or, I, I mean, like, come on, how do you not want to go see that? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, Price and Cheney on the poster, you got this ominous looking structure on it. And what the hell are they doing to this girl? And, you know, you've got this tagline to boot. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. going to be a future No More Room in Hell show where I put that with Die, Monster, Die. <laughs> That's a good double feature. Tell me about it, yeah. Early um, H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I mean, you talked about it already, so I'm not going to go much further. But uh, Haunted Palace for me, number four. For you, number nine? It was ten. Number ten, yeah. Honestly, honestly, you know, like anything, like it, it could have been really higher if I really thought about it. Yeah, I know. But, what you know mean. what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, but you know, but I was just thinking like things like, you know, I was like at the top five. It's like movies I actually do rewatch a lot of lately. So yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's good stuff. My number four is a. Uh, Another one from the same director as Uni Baba, and that's 1968's Kiraneko. <laughs> uh, the Japanese artwork, again, you know, you know, it kind of has like the same visual style of the Uni Baba one. But what I like about it, instead of gray, it has like this lush green eye, because Uni Baba is kind of a more fun movie. <laughs> so they're like, well, let's put some color in it, <laughs> even though you know they still talk about some dark shit in it. But, you know, I just love, like, the whole things with, like, the cat ghost people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it's just great. And, you know, like, the visual, like, Japanese fonts and white. And, you know, I actually, you know, I'm going off the mind when I looked at the poster. It's been a while since I looked at it, since I did this list. But uh, I forget the actual scenes that they show on it. But I just remember, like, loving, like, this green that was on it. Which it kind of differentiates from Unibaba, which is dread gray to like this lush green. And then you like watch the movie and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I love Kiraniko. I don't really remember the poster. I think it's the one with the girl in the bamboo forest, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I. I I, I remember seeing it a few times because I, I, I don't know if that's like the full thing because I'm more used to like the Criterion one where they just like they crop it so that that's like the main image is like her in the the forest or maybe it's like a temple or something because it's like the it's, I know it's like based on like the regeneration spot that they go through in the film. I mean, not to like, mm -hmm. you know, get too deep into it, but yeah, that. I, I think I've seen it maybe once or twice, so I'd have to look to see which one you're talking about. But yeah. I, I, I love Kodernico. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you after the recording. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to uh, number three. Three. And 
Number three is one of my all-time favorite films, and this is just one of the most visually impressive uh, images of the time period, so it's just hard for me to overlook this one, but uh, my number three is Black Sunday. Ooh. And yeah, it's the uh, the, it's the shot with uh, wide-eyed Barbara Steele looking over the, uh, the burning at the stake. So you've got her off to the left and she's got, a, you know, she's dominating the poster and, you know, stare into these eyes. And, you know, you've got like the, the scene of the witch up with the, uh, you know, they're burning her alive underneath and uh, the casket beside her, you know, the, the one that's like buried alive with, uh, let me see if I can look into it real fast. Um, yeah, they've got like the guy in the casket next to her and, uh, you know, they're st- strapping her to the stake and about to bury you know set her on fire and you, you've got you know her looming over everything like rising up out of the flames with the hair flowing and the wide-eyed stare and all that Ugh, i mean inject that into my veins i mean yeah this is just gothic horror fan you know just fantastic imagery here and i mean it's one of my all-time favorite films so really hard for me to overlook this one but yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it just draws you in and looks just so is so striking and so impressive. Um, I, I I know that there's a few like variations where they try to like do like a red background or like a beige background to it, but I I, I like the iconic white. It just looks the best. So mm-hmm. yeah, number three for me is Black Sunday. Nice. My number three is a Hammer film. It's from 1967, and it is Quatermass in the Pit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, the movie that Prince of Darkness was. Pretty much. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Quatermass in the Pit, it's kind of like Prince of Darkness and set up and, like, the journey to it. And it ends in, like, this mass chaos like Prince of Darkness does, which... You know, even Coppiner said this is, like, one of his favorite movies. And the poster, it's, you know, it's very simple. It's a very white background with, you know, a scene, like, image of Andrew Keir as the new Quatermass. Because, you know, is Brian Don Levy in the other two movies. And, uh, you know, and it has the image of, like, the flying red horn thing. Which kind of is in the movie, but it's green. And it's fucking awesome when it comes on screen. But I like that, you know, when you have, like, the spaceship in the fucking forefront of it. And, you know, uh, even, like, you know, I love, like, the poster art when it's, like, the American title of Five Million Miles to Earth. Even that poster art is fucking good, cool, too. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking up right now because I was looking it up because I I don't remember this one. I I know I've seen one of the Quatermass films. I don't know which one I've seen. Because I, I know that there was... Um, it was in black and white or color. Was it in black and white or color? I think it was black and white. Um, this is the one, probably the ones with Brian Dunleavy, like uh, the Quater Mass Maybe. Experiment or Quater Mass 2. Maybe. That sounds familiar. Like, yeah. Quater that Mass of the Pig. I think it's that one. Yeah, Crater Mass in the Pit was done after those ones, so it was like a time loop, so they had to recast like the Crater Mass role with Andrew Kier, who's kind of 
perfect for the role of Quatermass. I think you would like it. It has Bobber Shelley in it, too, who we Ooh, love in the yeah. Gorgon. Yeah, I'm looking this up right now, yeah. It's pretty like much I said, Prince I, of Darkness. Well, that's not really helping me much. I don't really like Prince of Darkness. Well, but, well kind of. I mean, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'm not really a, a big fan of that. So selling me as that kind of a movie is not helping. But I mean, it... Hammer from this time period is always a, an easy recommend, so I'll just leave it at that to want to get into it. Yeah. It's like yeah, Life I know. Oh, go ahead. It's like Life Force. Oh, okay. There you go. That's a better That's a better, that's way better sell it. That's a better sell. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I, I know I've seen one of them, but I, I don't remember which one because I, I didn't see it as a quarter mess film. I saw it under the American retitling. So yeah, I mean that's one I'm, I, def, I I definitely have to go back in and look up. But yeah, this it looks really good. I like this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Kind of like Lovecraftian too. I don't give it too much away. Ooh, Hammer does Lovecraft. Why the hell didn't you tell me about this earlier? <laughs> hell yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to check this one out even quicker now. But uh, yeah, move on to. Uh, number two and yeah this is uh one that i'm really really intrigued by and uh it's one of the more iconic films of the period i went with mario bava's blood and black lace and oh shit i forgot this was the 60s (laughs) yeah no worries man i got you covered um this is the iconic picture with uh the fashion models draped over in front of the burning mannequin while the masked killer looms in the backgrounds. Uh, And sweaty Cameron Mitchell. Oh, (laughs) can't go wrong with that. I mean, I, there's a sell job right there. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, this is, uh, you know, it's one of the most iconic pictures of the period. Um, I, I mean, you know, like, what about this doesn't look intriguing? You know, you've got, like, this ghosty killer with the trench coat and the fedora. You've got this mannequin being set alight. And, you know, you've got these dead bodies strewn all over the place. Uh, I, I mean, it just looks striking. You know, the bright reds, the oranges, you know, it it all just, like, combines together and just looks really cool. And, you, you know, you've got, like, the, the figure in the background. You don't know what he's doing. He's looking, you know, like, ominous and striking and all that. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's one of my favorite, you know, again, another one of my favorite films from the period. But, uh, yeah, really hard to overlook this one. Um, I mean, I understand. I mean, I know a lot of people forget about it, but not for me. So, uh, number two. Yeah, I, lo- I love that movie, too. I have the Arrow Steel book because... I love the art of that steelbook so much. It's one of my favorite arts steelbooks ever is the Arrow Blood and Black Lace steelbook. Oh, is that the one where the uh, the guy's dragging the girl through the sewer? Yeah, and like it's kind of like the, the, the words Blood and Black Lace like pop on the cover. It's pretty sick and all blues and shit. Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah, it's one I've got to upgrade. I, I still got the old um, Anchor Bay DVD of that. Hell yeah. Uh, my number two is a movie that, you know, it's a, it's kind of like the same thing with The Haunting. You know, it's a movie where like, yeah, that's a movie. But, you know, I kind of enjoy more aspects of it on rewatches, and that's Eyes Without a Face. And mm. the, the, yeah, you know, the original French poster art 
is like has this bright red and you know you just see like the image of the main girl with the mask where she's like okay you know and you know this movie's kind of very influential even like jess franco did like a remake of it with the awful dr orloff you know and faceless <laughs> pretty yeah. much Eyes without a face, move, rip off movies, but I still love them because they're Franco. Exactly. You know, you know. but uh, you know, it's it, it's a game center. I love like, you know, it's simple, but it tells a lot because you just see this girl with like this mask on her face, and it's very iconic, like this visual of this girl in this mask in the movie, and you're like, what the fuck is this about? You know, and it has like the French title on it too. Which is like Eve of Vox. I don't even know what the fuck to say it because I don't speak French. But you know what I mean. It's a direct translation. Uh, Les Uges sans lavage. It, it's a direct translation. Yeah, I just know the uh, Les Uges. Yeah, yeah, Les Uges sans lavage. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. It's a direct translation. And it gave us a Billy Idol song. Exactly. Can't go wrong either. Yeah. Eyes without a face, <laughs> number two. Cool. Well, uh, that brings us to number one, which unfortunately has been spoiled if you've been paying attention. My number one, The Pit and the Pendulum. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you've got everything here that I really need. Uh, you've got this intriguing the machine with, the, you know, the cogs in the pit, you know, the, the giant pendulum and a swinging closer to the guy. You've got the damsel in distress, you know, off to the side looking over everything. And you've got everything set up with Edgar Allan Poe attached to the movie. And I, I mean, you know, you've got, you know, the characters, on, you know, the cast on the bottom that'll sell everything right there. You know, Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe. I, I mean, come on. How do Barbara you Steele. Oh, Barbara Steele. Yeah. You know, produced and directed by Roger Corman, written by Richard Matheson. I mean, come on. You know, how does this not sell you on watching the movie? So Take my money now. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty great. I was thinking yeah. of that one, but I want to, you know, I'm like, I didn't want to add too many Roger Corman. Like, you know, I was thinking of like, well, was gonna, we'll do honorable mentions with like Tomb of Lygia is one of my favorite poster arts, too. It just has that image of like the cat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's some yeah, cool fucking... Are- all There's some good ones, yeah. Um, the only one that I don't think is really all that good, ironically, is Mask of the Red Death, which is basic. my Yeah, Mask of the Red Death looks the worst, but it's the best movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, number one for me is uh, Pit and the Pendulum. All right, my number one was already said. It's Black Sunday from 1960. <laughs> it's iconic. Exactly. It's on, like, every release in, like, different forms, like this image of Barbara Steele. Fucking with the eyes, it just drags you in every time you watch it. I even flipped my Arrow Blu-ray copy of it because it has the original poster art on it. <laughs> because there's so much. Sorry, Arrow, but some of your artworks kind of suck. Mm-hmm. They've gotten better recently, but yeah, I, mean, I like yeah, a lot but... of like their Asian ones they've been putting out lately. I haven't gotten too many of those. I've got they've gone back to uh, the check discs. So they don't send the um, yeah, because I I still get their screener stuff. So they've gone back to the uh, the blank check discs. Oh, I stopped from, that screener shit. I'm like, you give me the real physical. I review on YouTube. 
Yeah, I, I have the. They used to do that, and I got, I got a couple of their. Um, I got a couple of their stuff. I mean, luckily I got uh, three of their Giallo um, essential set pieces in the original. Um, the original packaging. They gave me the fucking Shaw Brothers set. I was like, I did too. Shocked. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I got that too. Yeah, I didn't even put in for it because I didn't think they were gonna send it to me. But yeah, they sent me a real one. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, me too. I got the actual version, the the one with the blue with the the white. It like barely it doesn't even fit inside my you know stand. Yeah. Yeah. Some zero mine. Yeah, I got that one too because yeah, they were sending me their their stuff for a while. But yeah, they've gone back to the check discs. I, I was hoping they sent me the other. one. I know. Two's the one I want. Yeah. Two's got Boxer's Omen in it. <laughs> I know. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I know that their, their recent stuff is a little bit better because, yeah, I don't like their early artwork at all. Yeah, like the early ones, yeah. And Black Sunday was like an early one. Like a lot of the early Bavas. Bay of Blood's all right. It has the octopus on it. You know. Yeah, one, it's it, it just looks off. It doesn't really look like anything I associated with it. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the problem is that I don't really associate an octopus with Bay of Blood. But there is octopus in. It, it is, but yeah, it's, it's just one that I don't really associate with the movie. But yeah, true that. I flipped that one too. I flipped them all. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, most of the ones that I I do have, I've kind of. I, I I don't really have the 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 standard packaging that they sent for, but I I do have some of the some of their stuff, and yeah, I have flipped them. So. <laughs> but, Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Um. If you have any. Uh, the Curse of the Crimson Altar. Forget what year, but I really like that artwork. Boris Karloff, Christopher Lee, Barbara Steele's in that one too. It's a pretty good one. Also, it's also known as the Crimson Cult. It goes by two titles. Uh, the Tomb of Lygia, like I said. Uh, this one wasn't really horror, so I didn't want to really put it. It was the green slime. I just love that fucking artwork. <laughs> you know, I would have allowed it. I, I have fun with that one. I would have allowed it. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to leave it off, but yeah. The green slime, I, fuck, I love that fucking movie. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm right there with you. That movie's a ton of fun. Yeah. That movie is a ton of fun. I would have allowed it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, that's another good one. Um, I mean, you took two of mine. Uh, you took Children of the Damned. And, uh, yeah, you took the um, Haunting one. But uh, the other one that I have, um, I have the skull, which uh, the one that has all of the uh, eyes like all the like the beams of light emanating from the eyes yeah i was thinking of the skull too yeah yeah that's That's another that's another good one that was on my list and uh the other one i have is uh terror creatures from the grave which is um one of the barbara Steele uh gothic horror pieces and it let me see if i can pull it up real fast um so it's one where it looks like she's uh stepping out of a there's like three or four different images on it. And on one side of the poster, she's like stepping out of the, this tomb on the, uh, on the other side of her, she's got um, like a half of a burn on her face where like half of her face is normal. And then the other half of her face is a burn. 
And then on the bottom, there's uh, this damsel in this uh, damsel in this white dress, just like laid out, and you don't really know like what's going on. But yeah, it's one that I really kind of like, but it's just it doesn't really like sell me on the movie as much. But yeah, those are it's another one that I I think just like looks really cool and imposing. So yeah, I actually never seen it. I have that movie. It's on that like that release at Nightmare Castle. I've been meaning to watch yeah. it. It's not bad. Um, it, it's um, the only thing I'll say about that is that it's not the complete version of the film. It's the American version. Uh huh. And the American version is like five minutes shorter. They cut out um, a couple of scenes in it. Oh, uh, yeah. I got, I got like Castle of Blood and, and fucking uh, the Synapse DVD because that's the uh, uncut version. Nice. Yeah, that's one I was looking at. I was trying to pick it up one day, and I kind of. I, I was over my uh, budget and I put it back and I haven't uh, gotten it since. But yeah, that's one I've uh, definitely been looking to upgrade. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I guess that will uh, do it. So not only thank you for uh, joining me on this episode, but uh, thank you for joining me for season two. And Derek, man, this was as much fun as it always is hanging with you. So I really appreciate you ending the season in style. And uh, in style, fun, yeah, definitely. So, uh, let everybody know where uh, they can hear you and your work. Yeah, you know, uh, you can check out like the back catalog of the Cinema Attack. You know, it's on Anchor and a lot of the most of the podcatchers. Uh, you know, I had fun with that show when I did it, it's just timing and schedule and made it difficult to do it. But you know, there's still some fun episodes that people should check out, so look for that. And, you know, also I have uh, No Ball Room in Hell, which is on uh, the Dark Discussions Network, which I do with Mike Merriman and Mr. Venom, two people that Don knows very well. And, uh, of course, I also do another show with Don on that same uh, channel, No More Room in Hell, presents Creature Comforts, where we talk about creature features, and we have fun doing it, even though sometimes we do movies like fucking... Cemetery Gay. It's like, yeah, let's do that because no one ever seen that movie. And then we watch it and we realize why. <laughs> but we still have fun doing it. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah, um, everything that uh, he mentioned will be down below in the show notes for you to uh, check out and follow. But uh, until we meet again next year, this has been the Horror Countdown, and we will see you next time. The final countdown. Do, do, do. <laughs> uh.